You know, as we come to celebrate Christmas, to unwrap the Christmas season, it's just a wonderful opportunity. And as you came in today and you saw all the things going on, man, we're so thankful to people who work so hard at this campus and our Palmyra campus to design the stage and put up everything. Man, I'm just grateful that we have that opportunity. What a great day just to come in and worship together. I hope you've really sensed the God doing a great thing in our midst. Well, if you have your Bible with you today, I'm going to ask you to turn to one passage, and it's also in the prayer guide or in the, in the worship guide today. Uh, that passage is in Romans, and we're looking at Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And today we're talking, of course, about unwrapping Christmas and this gift of hope. We've been singing about it. We've been talking about it. We've been focused on this, this hope that is in Christ, that is in, is in Christ alone. So this morning, we're going to look at this passage and try to understand a little bit more of what it means to us and what it gives unto our life. I'm going to start by a passage in the Old Testament. And this Old Testament passage, you can follow along. Um, it's going to kind of be our jumping off point into the New Testament. In this Old Testament passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 and 6, it says very clearly, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned for to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and it will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, you recognize that passage? We, we share that passage. It's kind of a Christmas passage, right? It's one of those things that we recognize. Now, where did that passage come from? I'll give you a little of the background because it really makes a difference as you understand that passage and understand who Christ is in us. See, the passage is written by Isaiah the prophet. The prophet was a prophet of the southern kingdom. The kingdom of Israel at the time was broken in two parts, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was really made up of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king of the southern kingdom was not all that happy with his brothers in the northern kingdom. Matter of fact, to the point where he was ready to destroy them and do whatever he could to take anything they had which is not so good for a people of God kind of kingdom as they should have been. But Isaiah was a prophet inside that, and it was that year that King Uzziah, as he talks about, and that's who the king is. We know that king is the one in that southern, that southern part of Israel. And so the king decided he could come up with a great plan. And his plan was pretty simple. He was going to get the Assyrian Empire to come over and destroy the northern kingdom, so then in his mind, he could just take the southern kingdom, his army, Israel's army, and go and take over the northern kingdom and try to restore. Now, God specifically told him not to do that. And that's always a key, right? When God tells you not to do something, you need to be aware of that and respond to God. God told him not to do that, but he decided that his plan was better. So he acquired the Assyrian army, paid them to come over and come into the northern kingdom to destroy it. Well, what happened was the Assyrian army thought, this king, if I can take over the northern kingdom, why can't I just go down and take over the southern kingdom? So that's exactly what they did. They took over the northern kingdom and then came down and took over the southern kingdom. And it was just in disarray. They had lost everything. They, the uh, Assyrian army took all the gold, all the silver, plundered everything from the children of Israel, God's people. And Israel was then destroyed. But Isaiah the prophet was right in the middle of that. And so we get this prophecy here in chapter 9. And chapter 7 and 8 is where we get the whole Assyrian army coming in. And then chapter 9, Isaiah gives them a hope. And that's what we're talking about. 
That's what this passage is about. It's not just that, boy, he, he's sending Jesus. But inside this verse 8 and chapter 7 and 8 of Isaiah, when he gets to chapter 9, he is all about giving the children of Israel, God's people, a hope. And I'm telling you, if there's anything we need in our lives, in our nation, is a hope. And Isaiah spoke this prophecy, and this prophecy that he speaks, this prophecy of hope, it was for the moment they could understand that, man, there's, there's a moment of this, but we know, according to Matthew, because Matthew in the gospel quotes Jesus, and, and they use this whole prophecy as pointing to Christ. So we know that this prophecy has its ultimate fulfillment in Christ alone. Now, you read this prophecy, and it tells us the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. And you can hear that from the southern kingdom who's lost everything. But we also hear that from us when we were away from Christ and in the world that Christ needs to step into. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah the prophet was looking down the corridor of time. And he was using the past tense that, that God has already prepared this. God has already done this. God is already being preparing to bring this hope into God's people, Israel and the church. And so today when we come to this passage and we come to the idea of unwrapping the gift of hope, it's found here in this Isaiah passage that leads us to the New Testament, that leads us to Christ and Christ alone. Now, when we get to this New Testament passage, we're looking at Romans chapter 15, verse 13, because I believe in this passage, it takes that understanding of the hope that we find in Christ that Luke talks about. If you were to read the beginning of the gospel of Luke and you were to hear the understanding of Christmas and the Christmas story, as we call it, well, he tells us all those things, but it points to Jesus, right? And he gives us this hope that's found in Christ. And Paul writes that for us in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And we're just going to walk through this passage together. We're going to look at what it says. Because what our goal is today is to unwrap this gift, this, this gift of hope that God's given to us. Now, here is, is a great gift that uh, our folks have worked hard to do. And, but today, we're going to just start, as we will every week, walking through this understanding that our goal is really to unwrap this gift, and it's something that we have to work on constantly. It's something that's in our world, in our life, but as we unwrap it, and as we look at it, it is the gift of hope to us. And that's what we have to have. We have to know that he is unwrapping this gift, that he has done that for us, and it gives us great opportunity to recognize the love of Christ for you. So you have your Bible, you have Romans chapter 15, and we're looking really at one verse, one verse. And he tells us in this verse, he says to us, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to take just a few minutes and walk through this one verse because when we talk about the gift of hope and unwrapping the gift of hope of Christmas, it's found right here in the center of this. You'll be reading the Christmas story with kids and grandkids and all those around you, but it's all going to come back to a verse like this where Paul helps us to understand what he says. Let's begin by, if you have your listening guide in front of you, and we've made some notes there and you can follow along. The first thing that we look at from this passage is the source of hope. And he tells us that the source of hope is God. That very beginning, may the God of hope 
See, our source has to start somewhere. It's, it's everything that comes out of who we are is that source of where we're beginning, our, our source of our life, the source of who we are as believers, the source of what God is doing in us is God himself. And he tells us in the passage, make God who's doing all this, God who's created all things, God who has made all things, God who is alive and working in all things. Matter of fact, this first Peter passage tells us, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope. So the source of life, the source of our hope is a God who has birthed us into a living hope, right? And there's so many people around us looking for hope. They're trying to find ways to just get, get a hit of what hope is. Just a, just a few weeks back, there was this lottery deal, right? The, maybe you guys remember that, the, like the most amount ever in America trying to win a lottery. I don't know if any of you played that or not. Uh, I did not, but if I had of, I, I told the Lord if I'd win, I'd give a lot to the church because that'd be important, you know, but, but I didn't play. So I didn't, I didn't do it. But why do people play the lottery, right? What are they looking for? Well, people play the lottery, so it's this shot of hope, right? They, they go in and they, they buy a ticket, and just in that buying a ticket, they, they just got a little bit of hope, man. This, this may be the winning ticket. Or they go in and, and they, you know, they, they do these and they scratch off something. They're looking for those numbers. And you're thinking, how does he know all that? But, well, I know how it works, but I don't ever do it. Uh, but they go in, they scratch off. They're looking for a little hope. Man, maybe, maybe this week I'll, I'll scratch this off and I'll win just a couple of thousand. And so they buy a couple of tickets and then buy, they buy a few more. And, and we've dealt with people who have been totally addicted to gambling through lottery. And they've lost money and resources because... They're looking for that shot of hope, you know, just a little bit. And, and they'll win something. Oh, they'll win $100 or they'll win $500. And man, it's just like, it's great. But what do they do? They just go back and buy it again, trying to get that shot of hope. Now, I don't play the lottery, but I get my shot of hope constantly. And you know how I do that? I do that with my cell phone. You, ever, you have a cell phone. Most of us in here probably do. Uh, I don't usually have mine on the ringtone. I usually have mine on the vibrate, right? So I can feel my pants vibrate, right? And there's that, there's that little shot of hope in my phone. Like, who is that? You know, and I pull it out. It's like, oh, it's the weather update. I don't really care. And, and then I'll put it back. And a little bit later, I'll get another shot of hope. It's like, yeah, who is that? I'll look at it. I have some news update they're giving me. But what I'm looking for, what I'm looking for is that shot of hope most of the time from our kids. So Elizabeth and I, we talk about that. And like, have you heard from the kids today? You know, we have four and they're scattered all over the world and there's every place. So, so we're looking for that little shot of hope on the text message that says, hey, how you doing? We're good. I don't think we're the only ones that do that. I think, I think that's a lot of us. We're looking for that. And that kind of that fills us up, man. I'm, I'm looking for that source, that hope that we have, you know, just, just to hear from our kids or from our grandkids or where they are they or our husband or our wife or, our, or, or just a friend of ours that we need encouragement from. We're, we're looking for that kind of hope. Everyone around us is. That's why they all carry the cell phone or buy a lottery ticket or do whatever else. They're looking for that hope. And here in this passage... The Bible teaches us that the source of our hope is God, and it's a living hope. And when you are in distress, and when you are in trouble, and when you are discouraged, and you are in a dysfunctional family or a struggling life, where do you find this living hope? It's from God. He is the only source of which we can find that and how it works out in our life. Paul doesn't leave us there. He moves us further. He says this source of hope is God. He is a subject. 
Um, the substance of our hope is Jesus, he says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. You can just circle that. That is the substance of our hope. Everything is about is in Christ. It is in him. It is found in him. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why as followers of Christ, this hope idea comes from uh, this baby that was born. Isaiah said it, right? Unto us a son is born. Man, there's so much excitement in a family when they're expecting a child, right? There's so much excitement that's coming along inside that. We're, we're expecting a new baby, and, and maybe you can remember that. Elizabeth and I were married 10 years until we had our first. Uh, and so that, that anticipation of that, uh, it was just the way it worked. That's how God designed it. So we had our first child after 10 years of marriage, and I can still remember how excited we were when, when we got to announce that, that, that first time. Uh, I remember when our, our daughter uh, announced to us that she was having our first grandchild. Man, the, the hope that's inside that. And you look at that and you look at the hope that's in that child and in that person and in what's coming. And that's the same way that we do. Our hope our, our, that sustains us is the hope that we find in Christ and who he is, that he has been born, that he lived, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead. That's what sustains us. That's the foundation. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid by Christ Jesus. He is our sustaining hope for our lives in disasters and struggles and everything we get to. We have to rely on him. The third thing that he tells us in this passage is our stability of hope. Where does it come from? It comes from you trusting him. It comes from you trusting him. That's where you find the stability. Let's look at this passage closely for just a moment. He says here in this passage, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when you look at this sentence, when you recognize what this sentence is, the, the object of this sentence is you. God has given hope. God has given Christ. God has done the work on the cross so that you can have hope. Now, even when you use this word trust in the English language, you, you just go to the middle, the middle letter and you, and you circle the middle letter. It's you. So it's you that is the one that needs to trust. That stability of our hope is found in Christ it is the source out of God, but the stability of that comes through us as we are trusting in him. Now, that puts a lot of pressure. That sometimes puts a lot of focus. And I don't mean that we do anything to gain our trust or to gain our salvation or even to gain our hope. But it comes as we are trusting, as we are doing the work. This is Jeremiah passage that's in your notes today. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Man, is that hope or what? God tells us that He's listening to us. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You see, when you look at this trust factor that He gives us in this verse, this idea of hope comes out of the fact that we are trusting Him. We're trusting who he is. We're trusting all the things that he is about in our life to guide us and to lead us and to give us what we need. In your bulletin today is a bulletin insert about disaster relief. 
a great story that's been written here about our team that went down just a couple of weeks ago. And George Fox is in here and leads this team. There's some pictures on the back. I posted a video on my Facebook page this, this, just a couple of days ago, a video that was shot down there. You can take, take a look at that on my Facebook page. But there are a lot of people when disaster hits, man, they, they don't have hope. They don't have anything. They're struggling with all the things in life and, and they're saying, where do I find this hope? And for us as believers, we have the opportunity to serve. We have the opportunity to help. We have the opportunity to give. We have an opportunity to go and be a part of that so that we may take our hope that we have, the hope that God has allowed us to have and be able to take that hope to people who are in great need so that we might take the hope of Christ with us. Fourth, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. That's the next word that he puts. That whole idea of submission of hope is that overflow, your text may say abounding, but the idea of this hope is that it's coming out of our life. It is what in us, when Christ is in us, he tells us that it's like an artesian well that's flowing out of us. It's, it's a, a hope that's going into your office. It's a hope that's going into your workplace. It's a hope that's going into your school. It's a hope that's going into your family. It's a hope that's going into your neighborhood. When people around you go through struggles and problems and issues of life, they need to hear from believers that we have hope and that we have a hope in Christ, and we can then share that hope with them. You know, the worst thing that happens is when somebody in your office place or your school or your neighborhood or your family goes through a problem, and they're looking to you as a believer, and you don't have anything to give them. It's like, that can't be possible. That's an impossibility. Because when we have the hope in Christ, and our friend is going through, through financial difficulties or physical disease, what we have is a hope about eternity. God says to us that we have an eternal life, and that's what our hope is, but it's also an abundant life here on earth. That doesn't mean that he's going to give us all we want, but that means that the hope to get through tomorrow, the hope to get through each day is found in Christ. And as believers, we go out into the world around us being able to talk about that hope that is in us. And that's what he means in this verse. That's what he tells us in this passage right here. Uh, against all hope, Abraham is hope believed so that he became the father of many nations. And you know the story of Abraham, right? He, he thought he was too old to have any children, but God did the work because the hope that he believed that God was going to respond. God was going to answer. God was going to do what he needed to do. And that's true in our lives. We have to proclaim that hope wherever we go, to the office, to school, wherever we might be, in the hospital, in the workplace. People need to see believers, us, as people with hope. If we don't have it, if we don't proclaim it, nobody else is going to. You can bet on it. You can count on it. Nobody else is going to talk about hope in this world that's centered in anything eternity if believers do not. So it puts a, a great a great point on us that we need about, well, how do we get the strength to do that? Well, that's the last thing we'll look at today, the strength of our hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's the only way. That's, that's the only thing that's going to sustain us and give us strength is the Spirit of God in our lives every day. The Spirit of God who takes up residence in us. The Spirit of God who is alive in us, who's giving us this living hope. Now, I would believe that the Bible teaches that when you become a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life. 
and you have the Holy Spirit in your life. But the Bible also teaches us that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the understanding of filling is an ongoing basis. It's not just one time. It's, it's every time I live out my life, I'm being strengthened, filled, overflowing with the Spirit of God in my life. And that's what he calls us to. That's the only way we're going to walk out of this building and go into people around us who need help, who need hope, is with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I love this verse, by the way. Can you tell this Romans 15, 13 verse? Because it talks about God as our source. It talks about Jesus as the one who is right there in the middle. And he ends it up talking about the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, right there in one verse. He didn't, did he mean for that to happen? Well, yeah, I believe he did. Did God design that that way? Yes, I believe he did. But sometimes we miss it. But it's when we see the fullness of God in our lives that provides the hope to get you through what you need to get through. To get your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. The only way we're going to get through is to be able to say we have hope and our hope is in Christ. How does that work itself out in lots of different ways? And how you respond to people and how you react to people. How you pray for people, how you care for people how you minister to people through things like disaster relief or so many other things that we get to do, sending folks to North Africa or wherever else in the world. All those opportunities to share our hope. But the greatest hope we have is in Christ. And if you're here today and you don't have that hope, you have not trusted in Christ as the Bible teaches us, that when we trust in him, believe in our hearts that he has been raised from the dead, confess him with our mouth, we can be saved. If you've never been saved today, today is the day. Don't, don't let that gift of hope miss you. Unwrap that gift of hope that you find in Christ for eternity today for your life. But maybe you're here and you just have issues and problems and struggles and you need to hear more than anything else that God is for you. The hope that he has designed for you, the hope that he gives you is so real. And he tells us, if you want to do anything, write this verse on a piece of paper, put it in your car and every day, read it as you head off to work. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow, overflow with hope by the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit.